Amen. Thank you, praise team. Y'all can have a seat. How great is our God today. Amen. My name is Chaplain uh, Dan Braswell. I am the DSB chaplain and had the privilege of worshiping here uh, last week. What a blessing it was. If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do. I invite you to turn to Galatians chapter number four as I jump right into where uh, all of uh, my teammates, chaplains, have been have been preaching through Galatians. And, and let me say this, uh, just got here last Saturday, um, like we've all experienced, I'm the I'm the new staff member on, on the DSB, so I'm meeting people there, and uh, many times people will ask you, if you've been in the Army for a little bit, what's your what's, what's been your favorite unit? And probably if you're the chaplain, the right answer is probably, oh, it's, it's, it's this one right now. It's my favorite one, the one I'm in right now, right? Because you want to be all in where you're at. So that's like, that's my people. I'm third ID, right? Rock of the Marne. However, I will say this. When I came here last week and didn't know a soul but over the Internet and stuff like that, when I walked in here and y'all were singing God's praises, immediately in my soul I knew this is my people because this is God's people because we're part of God's family. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, adopted into God's family. Adopted into God's family. I believe that God is calling people all around us to be part of his family. I think he's calling his people who are already in his family to be a part of what he's doing uh, in the world. I had the opportunity to be at the, at the Black History Month celebration last week here, here in the chapel. What a wonderful thing it was. And I couldn't help uh, but remember hearing the testimony from Captain Beagle talking about his dad, uh, General, Be General Beagle, just hearing this, hearing this officer speak wonderful things about, about, about his dad. When we think about families, I think about my dad. One of the joys of my life personally right now is that I've been in Hawaii for three and a half years, which was awesome. And because I'm a little older, my parents are a little older, and my dad, he's, he's still with us and doing okay. But it's nice to be close to, to my family because I'm at a place where, like, I want to help them, right? I love my family. I care for my family. And I, I have, like Captain Beagle's testimony, uh, good memories uh, with my family. I say that and I fully well realize we live in a world where some of you would have a similar testimony to me. You would stand up and you'd say, I'm, I'm so thankful for my family. Some of you would have tragic stories with your family. Some of us have family, have stories where I don't even know who my mo mother was. My dad wasn't around. All those kinds of things. No matter where we are in our earthly families, what I hope we take away today and we see in this passage in Galatians chapter 4 is you can be a part of God's family. And he'll be there with us, and our brothers and sisters in Christ will be there together as well. So keep your Bibles open. We'll look at a couple of passages, and we'll look at this uh, together. So let's read Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to start in Galatians 3, verse number 29. So follow along with me. Here's what Paul says. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring Heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Some translations say the elementary spirits of the world. Verse number four, but when the fullness of time <laughs> had come, God sent forth his son, 
born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, watch this, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Verse number 6. And because you are sons, because you're children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Adoption as sons. Keep your Bibles open there. We're going to look at this uh, this morning. As you have been going through the book of Galatians, I highly encourage you to to read it on your own and, and, and continue to continue to study it. You've seen a couple of things. You, you've seen this idea of what the gospel is that we just read about. It, it, you, you read that and you go, I feel like I heard this before. You did in every chapter because that's part of what Paul's trying to do. He's trying to reiterate and, and let his people know in Galatia, God's people in Galatia know, the gospel is the fact that Jesus came to this earth, he lived and died, and that through faith in Jesus Christ we are justified in him. I've only heard one sermon, but I got a feeling that if I heard the rest of them, I would hear the same theme. I heard Chaplain Salvant say it last week. We're not saved by works. We're saved through faith because it is all what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us that we receive through faith. And, he, and, and Paul is, is letting them uh, know that. We're going to look today at what this particular passage has to say to us about, about being adopted into God's family. And I'm going to share three thoughts with you on that. And the first one is this. If you're a note taker, you're, you're going to get three points from me. Point number one is this. There was a time when we were not in God's family. There was a time when we were not in God's family. I had you read verse 29 because I want to show you something of what Paul is saying. Look back at verse number 29 in Galatians 3. He says, if you were Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the Promise. Implication being, there's something, there's something coming. And he uses this illustration in verses 1 through 3 essentially to say that, that the heir, in other words, the one who's going to receive an inheritance, he's, he's, when he's a child, he's using it for, a, for an illustration. The child is no different from a slave or a servant, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject, it says in the Bible, to the guardians and the trustees until the time set by his father. So he's using the illustration of like in, in the first century, there's, there's a child. He's not, he's, he or she's not an adult yet. Or in this case, he's using an example of a he. Child gets grown, the father says, okay, now, now it's yours. That's where, that's where Paul is, is going with this concept. But, but go back and let me read you another couple of passages in Galatians 3 to, to even make this point, I think Paul's already made, that, that there was a time when you and I were not in God's family. By the way, before we read those passages, let me say this. As, as brothers and sisters in Christ, you know this all too well, but we live in a world where there's sort of this mentality that, oh, everybody's a child of God. Now, if you mean by that, everybody's made in God's image, absolutely. If you mean by that, every single person that you and I go eyeball to eyeball with has value in God's sight. Absolutely. If you mean by that that we treat people with dignity and respect and we love them just as God loves them, absolutely. But there's a specific difference in the scriptures of being just a generic, I'm made in the image of God, and being an actual child of God. Don't fall for that stuff. Don't fall for that silliness. Stick with what God teaches us in, in the Bible. 
Now watch this. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 10. He says, All who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it's written, and he's quoting from Deuteronomy, by the way, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. It is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Rather, uh, excuse me, for the, ju- the righteous or the just shall live by faith. Now, fast forward to Galatians 3, verse number 23. Look at what it says. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Brothers and sisters, if you're, if you're in God's family, there was a time when we were not in God's family. We live in a world where people all around us are, are still not in God's family. That's important for us to understand because it helps us appreciate the joy and the privilege it is of being adopted in, into this family. And we're going to say more about, about that a little bit a little bit later. A little bit of my story is my wife and I, Cheryl, we've been married for 16 years, and 12 years ago, we adopted four children who biologically were sibling groups at the time. See if I can keep my numbers right in my brain. They were ages 4 to 14, and now they are 17 uh, to, to 27. So there was a time before 12 years ago when they were not Braswells. They were not part of my family. But we stood before a court, Judge banged a gavel, state of South Carolina, duly invested, said, you are now Braswells. There was a time when you and I were not in God's family. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Before we do, i got one more thing to share with you in, in, in this point. I want you to turn to Ephesians, just one book over. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2. Because it makes this point very, very clearly, and I want us to understand it. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, according to the course of of the world. And you can read the rest of it. Paul is, again, talking to another group of Christians just at a different place, right? Ephesus. And he says, before Christ you were you were dead in sin. I wasn't sick in a hospital and there's some medicine and and hopefully I can reach over there and crawl to it and get better. What does dead mean? Dead means dead. Look at what he says that Christ did for us. Watch this. Look down in verse number four. But God, aren't you glad for the but God? Does does somebody in here, by the way, have have a story in your life? I would imagine where such and such and such was terrible, but God. I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Check this out. Here it is. Here's the biblical foundation for your awesome experiences with the Lord. Verse number four, God being rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, what's it say? With he loved us. He, he made us alive together with Christ. We desperately needed to be part of God's family. And this business of, well, if I could just be enough, just doesn't work, does it? A lot of people think of salvation as a set of scales. If my good outweighs my bad, I'm kind of going to make the cut. But the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. 
There's no like counterbalancing the wage of sin being death. We were dead. We desperately needed to be in this family. There was a time when, when you were not. Be thankful that you're, that you're in God's family. But also keep in mind all around you, there's people who are not in that family. Let's be a part of sharing with others to make them part of God's family too. Amen? All right. Point number two. There was a time you weren't in the family, but point number two. At the right time, God, God sent His Son to redeem us and to make us part of His family. He sent His Son to redeem us. That's why I read that other verse, and we'll go back to Galatians chapter 3, and we'll stay there if you'll go back to Galatians chapter 4, rather. That last verse, Abraham's offspring, Aries according to the promise. He's going somewhere with that. Go down to verse uh, number 4. Verse number 4 says, When the fullness of time came, God had a plan all along, didn't He? When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. To, to redeem those under the law, meaning we're under the law. We have a standard that we have, we have not met. The word redeem means to release by, by paying a ransom uh, price. In the, in the first century, it would have been a, a commercial term that was used of buying slaves or, or purchasing the freedom of slaves in, in a marketplace. And that's the picture of our sinful condition. You don't have to turn there, but Jesus himself said in John chapter 8, he said, I, truly I say to you, whoever practices sin is a slave of sin. But then he says this. You probably remember this. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. And I bet you can finish it. If the son sets you free, you will be what? You'll be free indeed. Say it again. If the Son sets you free, you will be what? Free indeed. indeed. The only way you and I can get out of this serious predicament of being outside of God's family is that we desperately need the Son of God. We desperately need the Father. We need the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, and we need to cry out to Him in faith, and that is how we're saved. I'm so thankful that it's not a set of scales, because we learn from the Bible, I can't be good enough. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm trying to build myself up, here's the way we do it sometimes. Well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. You can always find somebody worse than you. Just keep looking around and make, make yourself look good. But compare us to the holy word of God. Huh, we're not there. That's okay, though, because at the right time, at the fullness of time, God sent his son. He, we needed a savior. If our greatest need had been information, maybe God would have sent an educator. Good night. We're the most educated people I've ever met. I don't really see that that solved all the problems. Do you? If, if maybe, maybe the greatest need is technology. I, I can't keep up with the technology. There's no way I'm one of the oldest people in the room, and, and y'all probably can't either. But if our greatest need was technology, God would have gave us a super scientist. Again, you think technology is solving all the problems of the world? Is education? Well, maybe it's money. Maybe God just sent us an economist. Some of the most affluent people who's ever lived live today. Has it really solved all the problems of the world? No. Well, maybe, 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 maybe we're all sad and we just need more pleasure and we need we need like the right entertainer. We got entertainers coming out of our eyeballs. Has that solved all the problems of the world? Maybe we need the right government. 
Did God send us maybe a politician? Oh, gosh, no. I don't care where you fall on the, on the spectrum. No, no, none of that. But our greatest need was salvation. So God, he sent us a redeemer. In my first unit, uh, I was a triple deuces chaplain up at 10th Mountain Division, an infantry unit, and I was, as I, I typically always have been, best friends with the sergeant major. His name was Sergeant Major Manning, and he was like my first, I was a direct commission, so he took me under his wing, and he went to go see the troops. He's like, hey, chaplain, let's go see the troops. And he had a little, he had a little itinerary. I don't know if any of y'all ever been, uh, you might be a sergeant major in the room, or maybe you've been a sergeant major's driver. He's got a schedule, right? And, I, and they sent it to me, and I was like, okay, here's our schedule for the day. And he, I was trying to keep up with it out of respect. You know, he's my ride, so I'm going to leave when he leaves. But, but he just kept talking to the soldiers and kept talking to the soldiers. And, and I just wanted to make sure he was good. And I said, Sergeant Major, are you good? We're, I didn't want to be late. And you know, he told me, he said, in times like this, the Sergeant Major's always on time. Aww. It's his schedule. He can come when he wants to. And I was like, okay, I got you, Sergeant Major. That makes sense. Well, let me tell you something. You read through that Old Testament, he's coming. There's this Messiah coming. There's going to be one born of a virgin. There's going to be one who comes, born in Bethlehem, all this. Guess what? At just, what's it say? What's it say? At just the right time, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son. Amen. He's always on time. And when he redeems us, he makes us his own. As you can imagine, it's a long story to go into the story of Cheryl and I and, our, and our, how, how God uh, grew our family. But here's something very interesting about adoption just in the legal terms. So I stand before a judge, right? Cheryl and I. Legally, what's happening is we are, we are going before the judge and saying to the state of South Carolina, who they were under the custody of, if that makes sense, State of South Carolina, we would like to take them from your custody and we will take them as our children. That is exactly what happens. And the children are there. We're there for pictures and all this fun stuff. But the judge, he looks at us and he says, your lawyer's already explained to this, but understand, once you take them, you cannot give them back. You can't take them home tomorrow like a package from Walmart and say, we don't want them anymore, state of South Carolina. You have them back. It's a, like their mind just as if anybody else. Now watch this. When you adopt children, a couple of things happen. They get new social security numbers for many reasons. But the coolest part is when my children whip out a birth certificate. <laughs> you know what it says? It didn't change. They're still born on the same day they were born. But it, it, it says... Joshua Braswell, Shamira Braswell, Michael Braswell, Lexi Braswell. As if it's always been that way. It doesn't matter what your story is. There was a time when you weren't part of God's family. And we live in a world where it's easy for Christians to get down. It's easy to get depressed. But know this, if you're part of God's family, he has adopted you. And guess what? I haven't been perfect as a parent, but I did keep them up. Anyway, let me tell you this. In an even greater way, God's not going to give you back. God's not going to give you back. With all, amen. With all that said, let's go to point number three. Because there's even one more piece that's even more exciting. God adopted us 
We went from a time when we were not His to the right time when He made us His. But now is the time that you and I can cry to God, Abba, Father. Go back to Galatians 4 and let's look at this passage one more time. This is the so what. Verse 5. We've already said it. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. <laughs> and because you are sons, and by extension, children, all children of God, the Spirit of His Son is in our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you're no longer a slave, but a son, and a son, an heir through God. It's interesting the way Paul phrases it here, because he specifically says in verse 6 that the Spirit of his son, that is the Holy Spirit, is in our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Later on, well, in Romans chapter 8, if you go there, Paul specifically says that we cry, Abba, Father. So I looked at that as I was studying, I saw, well, what is, what's going on there? And then it hit me. There's times in your life when you, out of your spirit, you cry out to your, your Heavenly Father who loves you. There's those times of what some have called the dark night of the soul, where there's no cliche that any chaplain or any brother or sister could say to fix it, besides just sit there with you and be quiet, or cry with you, or give you a handkerchief. Even saying that out loud, it conjures up things in my own mind, some of my darkest moments, and, and, I, and I'm sure it does you too. It's in those moments that the Spirit helps you cry, Abba Father, and He doesn't leave us in those dark times. This word here where it says we cry, Abba Father, it, it doesn't, it's not so much of a lament. We, in, in modern day, we use the word cry when we, we typically mean the tears, right? It, it's not so much that, that, that's what we think of in English. This is more of a cry of, a cry of joy, a cry of desperation. In Matthew, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew 21, when uh, they said, Hosanna to the son of David, the Bible says they were crying out, Hosanna. It's not so much that they were weeping. If it was, it was weeping tears of joy, but it's this cry of recognition Oh, here's my God, I can call out to Him. That's the spirit of this cry. The word Abba is the, the Aramaic, which is just the language that, that, they, that they were been speaking in the first century. It, he, 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 he's, he's, it's, a, it's a term that some have said it means daddy. It's a, tender, it's a tender term. The spirit is crying, Abba, Father. We receive this adoption as the children of God. Not because we deserve it, because while we were sinners, He still died for us. Not because we earned it. It is because He is so good to us. He is so good to us. He stepped out of eternity at the right time. God made flesh. And that's what God did for us. When he says Abba Father in Romans chapter 8, if you, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn there. I want you to look at it. I want you to see it. In Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16. He says, You did not, this is Romans eight fifteen. you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption 
as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now here it is. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In a world where families are messy, (laughs) in a world where there's no cookie-cutter Disneyland stories, are there? Because we live in a world of sin. We live in a world of sorrow. We have a Heavenly Father who we can cry out to, and if we don't know the words to say, He just said the Spirit will testify with us. And we cry, Abba, Father. As I was studying this passage, I came across a story that I wanted to share to you that I think is powerful and helps us to understand this concept of adoption. It happened back in 1992. I know some of y'all weren't born in 1992, but I'm going to tell you about it. You can actually find this video on YouTube. The man's name was Derek Redmond. Derek Redmond was running the 400-meter race in the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. He already held the British record. He's he's from Great Britain. He already held the British record. In a previous Olympics, he had been forced to withdraw just 10 minutes prior to the race because of an Achilles tendon injury. Tragic, obviously, for a runner. Four years later, he trained back up. He's ready to roll. It's 1992. He's already the British champion. This was, as they say in sports, this is his time. It was his year. It's the semifinal heat, not quite to the, to the, to the final round. He was, it's a 400-meter race, right? He's only 175 meters from the finish line. His right hamstring, it just pops. It pops. So suddenly, he fell to the ground. All the other runners, they race past him. Doesn't take long. It's a 400 meter. He's lying there. As all the runners race past him, Derek Redmond knew that his Olympic dream had been snatched away from him. He was determined to finish the race. By sheer act of will, he got up and he just hobbled the best he can. Just the tears of excruciating pain if you've ever had an injury like that. He was visible that he was in pain. There was a man in the stands who saw this happening. He comes barreling down the stands. He's literally throwing guards and people out of the way. It's dad. Derek Redmond's dad. Comes beside his son. He puts his arm around him. He says, son, you don't, you don't have to do this. Derek Redmond, being, a, being an athlete, he, he says, yes, I do. I've, I've got to do it. He's a competitor. Dad says, all right, let's do this together. And he puts his arm around his son and carries him across that last 100 meters to the finish line. You can guess what happened in the stands. 65,000 people, they, they rise to their feet in applause as a father and son make their way around the track to finish the race together. If you go watch the video, you will see Derek Redmond's face. Buried in his father's shoulders. As they make it to the race at the end, the crowd just continued to rise to their feet. Now, Derek Redmond did not win the gold medal that day, but he did walk away from the race with a memory of a father. A father who didn't remain in the stands to watch him suffer. A father who came down to where he was and said, Son, I'll be I'll be with you. 
if that's what a heavenly, if that's what an earthly father will do for his kid, and a lot of y'all have children, and y'all can testify, you'd do all kinds of stuff for your children, wouldn't you? I, I do. I do it all the time. If, if that happens here on earth, and this, this wonderful story that makes me tear up every time I see it, you and I don't have a heavenly father who stayed, in the, stayed up in the stands and left us hanging. He came down to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, 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 come, he came with arm open wide and time and time again in the New Testament. He says, whosoever will, come be a part of this family. I want to adopt you into the best family of all. If your family on earth, you can't think of a worse family situation, God says, come on into my family. I'll keep you forever. If, if you're down in earth and, and uh, here living your life and, 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 and you say, well, I don't even know who my daddy is, God says, Come join our family, son. Come join our family, daughter. If you say my family's scattered to the four winds and they're crazy, that's okay. God says, come on. We're adopted into his family. If you're here today and in the middle of this deployment and you're dealing with those dark moments, you're dealing with those challenging times, we can cry out to our Heavenly Father and cry, Abba, Father. My encouragement to us today is if we're part of God's family, be thankful to God. Cry out to Him. Take time today, take time this week to cry out to your Heavenly Father and say, Oh, Abba, Father, I need You. I need You in this moment, in this place, in this time. I need You for guidance. I feel so alone. I need You. And if you're here today, I don't know everybody here. If you're here and you say, Well, well Chaplain, I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. I'm not part of that family. Well, guess what? Myself, any of the chaplains, I bet a bunch of Christians here would love to sit down with you and talk with you about, like, let's talk about trusting in Jesus Christ and becoming part of the family. There's no greater joy than to be adopted into, into God's family. He, he loves you. He, he loves me. That, that love that I felt last week when I came in this building, that's because we're all in the same family. I invite you to stand, uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. I'd like to pray a prayer of blessing over, over us as God's people. We're going to sing about this awesome, I think, resurrecting power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And take this time, if you, if you want to sing, sing. If you want to pray, pray. And I want to lead us in a time of commitment right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you did not stay in the stands. <laughs> God, from eternity past, it says that you, you knew us and you had a plan to make us your children. What a thought. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're here with us today. And God, I pray for your people. I pray for those who come from families that are all kinds of what we would call dysfunctional. God, give us peace knowing that we're part of your family. Heavenly Father, I, I pray for those who feel lonely. I pray that your spirit would be in their souls and hearts and they know they could cry to you as their Abba, the, the dad who loves them. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are here who may not be part of the family. God, help them to realize they're, they're, they're not in the family and they need to be. Speak to their hearts and may they come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and be part of the greatest family of all. And God, for your people today, who are here worshiping you. I pray that you would just help, help us to be faithful, to keep on keeping on. 
Our labor is not in vain. You see it all. And may we worship you faithfully in spirit and truth here in this place. God, speak to our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.